Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe button. You know the drill. If you want to find us there, go to Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Let's keep it rolling, folks. It's always much appreciated. Well, today I'm joined by Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch as we wrap up another week of training camp and look ahead to the commander's second preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm curious to see or to hear what Michael has thought about training camp and to share those thoughts with you. You've gotten enough of my thoughts over the last few weeks. Let's hear from someone else. So what does he think of Carson Wentz? The vibe around the team. This is Ron Revere's third year. Is camp going well enough that they could take a step this year? I want to get Michael's thoughts on all that. And we'll also discuss the preseason game against the Chiefs And one thing Ron Rivera said on Thursday was that he might lessen some of Carson Wentz's playing time because of the issues along the offensive line, the health issues along the offensive line. There, It's going to be interesting to see who they end up starting a guard because Andrew Norwell, Wes Schweitzer, and Trey Turner, their top three guards, are still out. So they're not going to play. So what is is it? should they give Carson Wentz less time to protect him, or should they keep him in there to get him more work? We'll discuss that. And we can discuss where he thinks this team is headed after a few weeks. The training camp portion technically has ended on Thursday. Fans will no longer be allowed to practice, but the media will still get one more week of being able to watch all of practice. So I will continue to give you those daily updates when we have full access to practice. So with that, Let's get to my conversation with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Well, I'm joined by Michael Phillips from Richmond Times-Dispatch, and Michael is not Nikki Javala, who I told you the other day was going to be on here. Nikki had a little bit of a conflict with her schedule. I was going to have Michael on next week. Michael is good enough to join me today, but you are not Nikki Javala. Am I correct in saying that? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do confuse us at parties, okay. yeah. <laughs> Okay, but I appreciate that. Michael always is great when he comes on here. And like I said, I wanted to have him on next week, but I have him on this week. So, you know, we'll have Nikki on next week. Michael, you're looking live at my backyard. And when we talk new stadiums, look at all that property. I mean, there's room room to park the cars, room for tailgating, room for an, an urban and retail village. I mean, everything you could possibly want. I'm here in Richmond, where I continue to maintain would be a great spot for the stadium. Um, you know, big lots of lots of space available in Richmond. Everybody seems to enjoy coming down here. Uh, I am not outdoors at the moment. I forgot the John Kime video uh, report is a video as well. So I am in uh, my hostage scene basement. Um, I'll hold up the newspaper today's date later uh, to prove it's me, and uh, we'll be good to go. Well, very good. And if you hear the cows, it just means that they can serve brisket here or down the road as well. So that let's just let's get the right out of the way. Um, they do. We do need a mascot. We do need a mascot. And I will say the cows always look at me very suspiciously when I walk past them out here. So anyway, people don't want to hear about that. Maybe the hogs, maybe the hogs. Um, but let's get let's get to this team. I'm curious now. We, it's been, what, three weeks of training camp. How yeah. would you assess what you've seen so far in general? 
Yeah, this is certainly the traditional evaluation point. I'm, I'm really excited uh, to, to see Saturday's game, which is kind of, you know, that's the one you want to watch and evaluate. And, and the last two days they've been doing pretty intensive walkthroughs of plays and scenarios, um, certainly more than the traditional preseason uh, you know, they're not going to show anything, of course. Uh, they never show anything, but it won't be, they won't be winging it either. Um, there is a plan going into Saturday, and you'll, you'll be watching. You know, there's a lot of plans around here, um, but but there's, there's a plan. Like Curtis Samuel, there's a plan for Saturday. Um, it, you know, I am encouraged by what I see from the secondary. Um, I, I think they're probably a touch ahead of where I, I expected them to be. Um, I am discouraged by the linebackers. And the linebacking play, I think it's even a touch off what I thought it would be. Uh, On offense, I think Carson Wentz, it just kind of crystallized that he is a known commodity. Um, He is going to, he's going to complete 62% of his passes. And, you know, he did not magically get better at that this offseason. But I think he has an ability to throw the deep ball that fans, Scott Turner, are really going to appreciate and that I may have even underplayed coming into this camp as being a really crucial element for this team this season. Especially with the speed they have at receiver. And it's not like, I always tell people, it's not like they don't have a Tyreek Hill burner, but they have multiple guys who have really good speed. And so I think the fact that they can threaten like that adds to what Wentz can do, right? Yeah, and you know, I think his his rapport with Jahan Dotson is probably the early story of training camp in the passing game. Um of the receivers, I think he's Carson's favorite right now, and that's not to diminish Terry McLaurin and what he brings to the table and the thought that those guys will be just fine. Once Carson realizes what he can do with Terry McLaurin on a needs a tough catch, Carson's going to like Terry a lot during the games. I'm not too worried about right. that. Um, but but you love to see, especially with a rookie receiver, immediate impact, just incredible professionalism. Um, you remember Terry's rookie camp where we all just realized there's something there coaching right. staff too. Like there's a professionalism about the way Jahan Dotson goes about his work and, and the, what he brings to the table that has really, I think, impressed everybody. So you knew that was what they were drafting, but to see it in person at an NFL level has been impressive day in, day out. And look, I mean, your rookie of the year so far is Brian Robinson. I mean, all he's done is come in and do everything they ask of him. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can get a tough yard. He can get in space. Uh, he's putting putting heat on Antonio Gibson, which is all you need to know about that. Right, and we'll get to that in a second. You know, it's funny because it looks like with Wentz and McLuhan that their timing is starting to get better. And yes. I, I saw some progress this week with that. Um, I'm curious to um, go back to the linebackers because you've been disappointed by them. Why? Yeah, so I – Here's here's how I would put it, John, and I, I would love to get your thoughts on this because you you know you know this as well. If you were to give a coach who doesn't know this team the tape of practices so far, and you were to say, "Here's two guys. One of them is Jamin Davis. One of them is David Mayo," and you were you were to watch these practices, watch what they do. Who should be the starting second linebacker beside Cole Holcomb? I think in the blind taste test, David Mayo would get named the starting linebacker for this team. Now, I'm not saying it's the right move, but I, I'm, I'm saying he's he's bringing a little something to the table that I haven't seen from 52. And, and look, Jamin Davis has improved from last year. He absolutely has. And part of this is the expectations of a first-round draft pick, and those will always be difficult to live up to. Um, but I, I think Mayo's bringing a little something more to the table than Jamin Davis at this point. Well, I think and that's against the run he is. And, you know, I think Davis, again, you start to see some improvements with him this week. I thought he had a better week. 
and I thought he did a nice job in the game for the most part. And I think there are definitely some packages, and this is where he has to graduate to, to your point. He has to get to the point where when they're in those five defensive front packages, that they are going to keep him on the field. And this week in practice, they were. Previous week, it was more Mayo. And I'm not a big fan of Mayo, and that's a condiment, but that's a different story. <laughs> but unless it's to make some aioli, part of an aioli recipe, you know, for some sauce and all that. Um, and I have some good ones for burgers. But that, but, with, but but that goes back to like that's a run when their run defensive stopping look a run stopping defensive look. Davis has to get to the point where they're always putting him in there. To your point, he's got to graduate to that point for I think for this defense to improve. I do think to to your point on Mayo, one of the reasons why they went and got Nate Gary, and I checked today, it is Gary, not Jerry, because Nate Catcher told me because he wondered too, so we asked him. But it's Nate Gary. One reason they got him is because he could run and cover. That's why you don't see John Bostic or A.J. Klein here because they felt like they had help against the run because of Mayo. So, you know, I do. But again, to your point, I think Davis has to get to that point where they feel comfortable with him in all packages. I will say to a broader point on the defense, I entered camp. I may have even said this on your podcast with depth being a real concern for me. And I leave somewhat assuaged on that, I guess, um, where, you know, look, do I love the idea of Cornell or Danny Johnson being out there? No, but they've made strides. They've shown things. St. Jew has shown a, a big, a, a big second year leap. in, in, in my opinion, um, you mentioned, you know, they've got a little bit at linebacker now, maybe not as much as you'd like. And then on that defensive line, I think Fedarian Mathis, well, Obviously, it's wildly unfair to compare him to the people alongside him who are both legit all-pro candidates every year. Um, he He's going to be plenty fine and ready to roll. And I liked what I saw from Mathis in the limited action against Carolina. Um, he Very strong against the run, good taking on double teams, and, you know, the stout at the line of attack, right? You know, um, not to sound like, you know, some uh, – NFL analyst on TV, whatever, but he was, he was, he was stout at the line of attack. He was showed some power. That's his, that's what he does. So I think that'll be a big key for them. How about like, do you, sometimes it's just about sensing a vibe around the team. And last year at the end of camp, I wasn't feeling it like I thought I was going to going into camp and Ron Rivera touched on the maturity stuff. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with this? When you're, we're around them all the time and we're out, you know, we're at Prex every day. What do you, what's your, what kind of sense do you have about the vibe around this team? I'm going to go straight to the quarterback because we always want to talk about the quarterback. Um, I think Carson Damn Wentz all. is. <laughs> you're, you're thinking of the second half. Yeah. In the second half, all we want to talk about is Sam Howell. In, in, when I watch Carson Wentz, I see a natural quarterback, a natural leader, a guy who's done it his whole life, who has embraced this being his team. And I get, the reports from Indy and Philly, and I'm not about to diminish those or, or, or the, anything. I think he knows how to be a professional quarterback and how to lead a team. But I also see a front office and a coaching staff that is just intent on pumping up his confidence at every turn. Um, and that obviously the Jason Wright thing speaks for itself, but you have the Ron video, you're wanted here. Um, when the defense had the three interceptions against him, Ron huddles up the team and his message is, Hey, defense, tone down your celebrating. We're, you know, we're trying to work on the offense here. Uh, very, you know, Ron, the defensive guy, take, taking Carson's side, you know, on, on that big day for the defense uh, when, when they, you know, when they should be partying. I, I don't get it, to, to be honest. I'd love to hear your, your unraveling of that, where 
I, I look at Carson, I just think he's handling his business. He knows how to handle his business. Mm-hmm. But the vibe I'm getting from the team is here's a guy who needs to be told he knows how to handle his business. Well, I think they're they're going either way to make him feel like he's wanted here, and you, which is that which is what you said. And I do think that one of the things that's been impressive with Carson Wentz is he doesn't come across like somebody who's that fragile. No. And and I think like you know with all the flap about some of the other the questions asked to him and all that he's handled everything pretty well. And when you're when you're able to talk to him, if you you know he he seems he comes across as a personable guy and um, somebody who doesn't get isn't bothered or looking at all the things said or written about him. But I you know so I don't I don't think they have to continue going out of their way to make him feel wanted because I think. I think he feels like he's at a good place in his career to be here. And the other thing is, you know, funny thing is, and this is a little bit of a side for you too, um, but I think a lot of people poo-poo the fact that he's here and like, oh, it's just Carson Wentz. He is a significant upgrade over what we've seen the last four years. And I don't think, I don't think people realize just how bad the quarterback play has been here. The corollary and that people don't understand how good the Indianapolis fans have had it going from yes. Peyton Manning to right. Andrew Luck to Phillip Rivers. You right. know, like that's their bar. They go to the stadium on Sunday and they expect <laughs> to see that. Um, nobody is driving to FedEx field demanding Peyton Manning levels of anything. Um, yes. Yes. He's an absolute upgrade. I, I said deep ball already, but I'll say deep ball again. He throws a very nice deep ball. At, you know, let's talk Sam Howell because the people love Sam Howell. Howell has the potential to maybe get there too. He's got a very nice arm. Um, yeah. I've got I've got other question marks about him. He's not going to play this year, um, et cetera, et cetera. But he's got the potential. Like there's very few guys who can just really put that zip and location mm-hmm. on a deep ball like that. Um, and, and yeah, Carson has it, and I think Sam could have it. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by Howell because I think he's made a steady progression since he's been here. And like you know, I think if he my thing is if he gets to the point where he's a good backup, that's really good. You know, yeah. that's a good thing. If he goes beyond that, okay, I'm not going to predict that. All I know is he's made steady progress. Like, okay, let's let's see more. And I think we'll see more on Saturday. What The other thing with Wentz, too, and one thing Ron Rivera said is, you know, would he play him as much Saturday because of some of the injuries on the offensive line? What are your thoughts on that? Should they should they play him regardless or, or better to limit him? Yeah, and it runs tipped off to us that Chase Ruye will be on a pitch count. Right. And uh, uh, I'm not reporting anything. I think we'll assume Schweitzer won't go. I don't. Did Ron say anything about that today? No, but he hasn't practiced. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you have one viable center. You know, like I don't, I don't want my starting quarterback. And Andy Reid said he's going to play his starters for a half. So I don't want my starting quarterback with Keith Ishmael at center going against a first team defense ready to start feeling good about the season. I, I so I would limit Carson's reps to the Rudier pitch count. I it just maybe I'm still skittish from what I saw last year in the opening game with Fitzpatrick. That that's the you know that would be the number one injury that would derail the season would be a Carson Wentz injury. I, as you mentioned, his timing with Terry has gotten a lot better over the last week. I have noticed that as well. Um, I think given that there's still three weeks before the season starts, I have no major concerns in that area. Sure, it would be nice to get them to work, but I, I think once once my starting offensive line's done, I, I you, there's no reason to chance it with with Carson or, or you know anybody uh, anybody important at that point would be my 
my take on, on where they should go with that. Well, because we, you know, you're talking about Sadiq Charles, at left guard. Yeah. And, um, right guard. We'll see because there've been a few people who have worked there. And I know that Sam Cosby worked there in an emergency, emergency situation on Wednesday. Um, so I think that's why you would get him out of there. And how important do you think, how important is it for him to play more? Like if it's, if it's one quarter, are you okay with that? Through a couple, like you said, two or three series, are you okay with that? Uh, Sean McVay's wearing a Super Bowl ring and he doesn't play starters at all. You know, like I, there's so many different ways to do it. And I, I, I get wanting them to have the work and it's a new unit. And I, I the, my only argument nudging me towards it is the importance of these first two games out of the gate. Um, and for reasons that are not Ron's fault, there's a lot riding on that Jacksonville game. Cause you're, yeah. you've, Dan Snyder, you know, makes his public statement a couple of weeks ago. We've transformed FedEx Field. We're gonna, it's going to be big crowds. Come on out of here! They're, they're inviting everybody. It's a new name, you know. Jason says it's a new name. Everything, and you know, come come experience it. And so, if you bring fifty thousand people out to FedEx Field, ready to see something new and exciting, and they see a loss to the Jaguars, man, the air goes out of that balloon really quickly now i think they'll beat the jaguars but that that's the argument to me for for a little extra time can you achieve that during practices sure i i think you probably can would i have liked to have seen joint practices yeah definitely Um, i I think yeah i think that's a real real loss there not getting the opportunity to do that um but yeah, yeah you know i'll circle all the way back you mentioned vibe around the team like i i i don't I don't have any major warning lights going off. I'd be curious if, if you do, oh. um, you know, you've obviously sensed these things for longer, but I don't sense a team that's about to go win the Super Bowl. but I, I haven't nudged off of my stance that I, I think they're a very legitimate playoff contender. The, my biggest concern is not of anything, how they're approaching it. It's the injuries and the depth. Yeah. And, and that that's, it's, Will the offensive line hold up? Is there enough depth in the secondary? And I like the young safeties, but I have questions because like, there's young safeties in corners. We've seen them in practice. We don't know what how a lot of these guys are going to look in a game. Like Percy Butler, Derek Forst, even the limited action last year. Uh, Chris, Christian Holmes, you know. I mean, Danny Johnson, track record. Cornell, there's been improving. So uh, that's that's my concern is more so than, than like, like last year, Ron talked about maturity. And that became the buzzword. And then once he started saying that, it's like, uh oh, there's nothing <laughs> yes. going on here, right? Yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Like, he hasn't harped on any of that this year, has he? No, no. We just, there was the one day where he lit into them. And I, honestly, it was with cause because I almost took out Sam Howell's ACL there, uh, yeah. among other things. And that was the Schweitzer injury day. And he had every right to be salty about that, honestly. Um, I, I wonder if I take John Matzkow for granted. I know he's only been here two years, but, you know, I see these injuries and just, I, I don't worry about it because I just think like dude builds a legit offensive line. Like he MacGyver's it, like give him a paperclip and two rubber bands and he's got a good offensive line. I, I, is there a limit to that? I'm sure there's a limit to that and we may discover what it is, but, but I, I have blind faith in John Matzkow. Yeah. And I, I think he does a good job of rotating guys in and out during practice. Now, sometimes it's because other guys are hurt, but they do do it anyways. And he's always done a good job during the season of keeping guys, the young guys, like Bill Callahan used to keep everybody after, and the veterans did not like it. They they liked the and agents would like their players with Callahan early in their careers because he felt like they felt they could develop them. But they like him with Matscow later because he takes care of the vets while also working with the rookies after. That's why they seem to be more ready to go when they 
go into a game of not looking lost. So that's a help. But man, there's only so much you can withstand up front. And, and that's where concern. How have you what have you seen from Antonio Gibson this week in terms of how he's and we didn't talk to him this week, but how yeah. we've seen him out there. How do you think he's responded to what was a, a tough situation? I mean, it's a fumble in a preseason game, but because of last year, it's a big deal. Yeah, and uh, Charles Leno had some very nice comments uh, about that after the game. He he went right over to AG on the sideline after the fumble, picked him up, and you know after the game he he told uh, you know he told us he said I just told him I said I've seen you working on it during camp. I see you're good. Don't let this one fumble define you. Get right back at it. Keep running hard. Um, but it, there's a public message being sent here. Ron knows we're watching practice. Ron knows we're listening when he stands at the podium and talks. Well, most of us are. Some people are on their iPhones. You and I are listeners. That we're listening. We won't. Yeah, it's not us. It's the other. <laughs> um, you know, he calls out Gibson in the postgame presser, then mm-hmm. makes him work with the third team, makes him work with the punt team. Those aren't accidental things. Um, I, I think it's a big moment for him. He may be the guy with the most on the line. Saturday, um, he may be the guy with the most on the line Saturday in the preseason game, just in terms of really needing a strong showing, some some good runs to reclaim. I'm the guy. Everything goes through me here. All right, let's get this thing on. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Are there some other guys that maybe caught your eye last week that you're looking forward to seeing this week or anybody jumped out at you maybe that, you know, is a um, low-end guy that could jump out? Yeah, I'm a, this this tight end battle – uh, fascinates me partially because of the injuries. They've had so many guys in and out, but like, you know, you watch Armani Rogers had some nice reps. Um, I, I do like Cole Turner a lot. Um, he's, he's on the, the Curtis Samuel plan. Um, you know, whatever he does is the plan at this point, but uh, I think Carson's going to like him a lot. Uh, I don't know that I'm super hot on Curtis Hodges other than as a developmental guy and, and a guy who uh, is going to be here. Um, you know, I, I think he's got high potential for down the line. Um, I think those guys have been fun to watch. And yeah, I, I'm I'm circling those young players in the secondary, uh, you know, Butler and Holmes in particular. Um, can they get immediate production and reliability out of either of them early in the career? Um, and I'm I'm watching punt returner and kick returner until further notice. I you yeah. know, I Dax Milne or Alex Erickson has to make the football team at this point, unless I'm and be active on game day unless I'm missing something obvious here. Right. And I, I still would favor Dax Milne as, but you know, you could always put him on the practice squad if he doesn't make it. Erickson has the returning experience in games. Um, I think the other guy too, in the secondary that I'm curious to see is Steven Parker. He's opened some eyes. He had a good week last week and he was, he's has some experience playing in the league, but he's another guy that's kind of jumped out there. But to your point, Christian Holmes, the cornerback, see what he can do because I think, if he's going to make it, he's probably going to end up playing. And so, you know, those guys have to show something. What else is there in general? Is there another group that, you, that you're that you anxious to see? That I mean, we've kind of talked about everybody, but anybody yeah. in particular that you're anxious to see? Any group? Yeah, certainly in terms of things that could change my mind between now and the regular season. Um, I want to see James Smith-Williams do, more, do a little more dominating. I, I just don't – like, I don't want this to come across as – as a dig on him, I just don't know if that's who he is. I think he's a solid, technical, technically sound player. Um, just a really smart guy. He will take anything you throw at him and do it. Um, he's not he's not Montez what he's not Chase Young, but I, I don't even know if he's, you know, any of those guys light. I, as you know, 
I, I love the idea of Shaka Tony developing into something because obviously he's got a little more raw talent. He's not, he's not there yet. He's not close to there yet. Um, F.A. Obata is a bit of a wild card there at that spot. Um, would love to see something there that gives me a, a little bit more oomph going into the season. Now, I think Montez Sweat is good to go. Um, he, he is, he's running his mouth like he's, he's the new, uh, <laughs> you know, new captain of the defense, uh, which, which is kind of cool to see um, that, that he feels empowered to do that. I'd, I don't know that Ron loves that every day, um, but I, I think he secretly loves it every once in a while. Um, okay. But I, I'd say that's the other real position where we need to break it down and give it a watch. Sure, and I think that because it's because of what happened last year. And I think the one thing that Smith Williams does that they do like is the consistency. I don't know yes. he's ever that he's ever going to be that guy that's going to get you, you know, a bunch of sacks and all that. But he does his yeah. job, and they can play off of that. They know what they're going to get from him. I think, you know, if he can just be solid until Chase Young comes back, he and Casey Tuhill, then I think they'll be quite pleased. Um, but, you know, I think, but to your point, though, that group, you want to see how are they working together? What, you know, are they working in unison? Are guys giving themselves up for one another? Because that's something they felt wasn't happening last year. So as we get closer to the season, I think that's what we'll look for. Has your opinion on this team changed at all since before camp? Man, I, I tend to like, not getting my own head on, on making predictions um, and just, just stick with the big level things that we know. So here's, here's what I put into my calculation, John. Um, last year, this team, with, with a difficult schedule, and Taylor Heineke at quarterback, won seven games. Um, and so easier schedule, upgrade a quarterback. And, and so I, I, get, I get where the national talk is coming from. And, you know, they've proven nothing. This defense has proven nothing other than they can sack Ben DiNucci. Um, I, I understand the national skepticism, but I start at seven. I had a quarterback and I had a softer schedule. Uh, like, I just, I cannot go lower than nine. I think, I think nine's my floor um, in terms of, like, what I would expect from this group. And it, I don't know. You can tell me that's unfair to Ron, but, like, when I, when I start my calculations, I say, what did you do last year? Because you bring back almost everybody. Right. Right. So I think it's fair to expect start that as your baseline. And I add two points, one, one for once, one for the schedule. You know, sometimes the schedule doesn't pan out. Sometimes the quarterback doesn't pan out. But I think either of those things would be pretty big disappointments if they happen. So I don't know. I'm sitting on nine as my floor. I really am. Yeah, and I think to your point, too, and I've been surprised at some of the perception here because you're right, like – they were six and six and things fell apart because of injuries and COVID, not because of their performance necessarily. So you don't want to, for you don't want to ignore all those factors. And, you know, I think there's a lot, I think the positive thing for them has been seeing Curtis Samuel, for example, practice mm -hmm. consistently now and looking pretty good when he does practice. But you, you know, you'd like to see Logan Thomas back out there, Chase Young back out there, at least have an idea of when they're going to get out there and that line solidified. Because then I would feel better, but I do. I'm I'm with you. Like, you know, going into camp, I thought nine. I think they could get to ten wins. I don't think that's certainly not unreasonable. And I think in year three of Ron Rivera's program, you've got to get there. He knows that you've got to get there somehow. Yeah, you know, I, Tuesday they had a really intense practice. Full pads went for the two hours. I think that may be the last intense practice of training camp. And obviously this game is going to be played at an intense level. So uh, I think Monday will be an interesting day to be at practice. Is Monday the day 
where they start bringing Logan Thomas in, where they start bringing Curtis Samuel and more like, do they turn a corner in terms of intensity that makes them feel more comfortable folding in some of those guys who need to be managed a little bit more. And then just a couple more minutes here, but one of the other things to watch that well, we may not watch it is when we're not allowed out there anymore. What do they start putting in offensively? Cause I don't think we have seen everything by. No. And so, you know, I remember even when Robert was here, his 2012, we're watching practice. They showed some of the read option. They so showed some of the speed option. But my goodness, did it look different when we got to the regular season? And um, you didn't see a lot of that stuff. So not that they're not going to be running the the, uh, the read option with Carson Wentz left and right. But the point is, it was something different. And they waited until fans are away. And then once the media now, like we have one more week watching, but then once we're gone, what they're going to, they're going to really go heavy putting stuff in. I'm sure they put a lot of this stuff in during OTAs when we weren't there, but they're not going to show it when we are there. And so that's the other thing that I'm curious to see. We won't see that until the opener. Um, you know, and I think I'm trying to think of anything else with Brian Robinson, last one then with some of these rookies, Brian Robinson, Chris Paul, Jahan Dotson. Um, do you like this class from what you've seen so far? Yeah, better than the 18 class now that Troy Apke's gone. <laughs> we can, we can yeah. bury that one. Um, I do, and I think it was a very important class because I, I think that, uh, you know, Ron kind of took over a lot of that last year and it, it was maybe underwhelming in some ways. Um, so so to see a bounce back uh, effort from this group, I, I think is uh, very important. And I think that some of the stuff we talked about on draft, not, not we, um, but, you know, oh, Federian Mathis, you took him too soon. He's... I mean, I haven't watched the tape of everybody, but you could tell me he, he was the best, you know, best guy to his role and position in the draft. And, you know, he, he he's he dominant there in the trenches. So, uh, you know, you're easier on that. Jahan Dotson, oh, you know, should have got Drake London, should have got whoever. Dotson's ready to roll. He's He looks good. Um, so Brian Robinson, results speak for themselves so far. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with what I've seen from the rookies in particular so far. And I think that was an, a, an important thing, too. Um, you know, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be a really fun game overall on, on Saturday and, uh, you know, Andy Reid and Ron Rivera. So I think there's the mutual respect there. They're going to give each other a, a good game and, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll regret not being there to eat a big plate of barbecue, but, uh, you know, yeah. maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to ZZQ, get a, get it to go for the game or something. Well, you'd have to, and that's, that's my big regret too, because I won't be there. And it's funny. I was on Bram Weinstein's show on ESPN 630 and I was, I was, telling them about like there's a sandwich at Oklahoma Joe's that I can't remember. It's a Z Z man and it's (laughs) phenomenal. And I like, I waited, Michael, I waited in line when they were out there for that Monday night game a few years ago, I waited in line for an hour and 90 degree heat. I had to do sports center before the game, but I was in a, so I was in a coat and tie already and I was sweating (laughs) up a storm waiting outside and it was heaven when I bit into that thing. And it's, it's brisket and it's, I think it's mozzarella cheese. And then it's like onions, onion rings on there. It's, phenomenal just phenomenal and and it's a little old gas station man so but yeah no i that's the one thing that you know the the game itself like that it'd be okay that's great the sandwich is worth it so that was (laughs) you know i mean all those places are worth it there i will admit to being a little bit excited i you know after rehearing the doc walker experience uh i I, he's he's a love him or hate him guy i get that but he, he brings a little juice to the preseason. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind a little juice on my games. Doc has passion, and I love it. And it's why he's like 
that dude has been around for a long time and he still has the energy because he has that passion. So I love that. Yeah. You go out to the field every day. We get to watch football. We get to break down football. You get to hang out with a guy like Doc Walker. That's infectious, man. It makes you feel good. It is. Yeah, I like it. So, Michael, thank you very much. Hey, tell people where they can find you and where, where what, if you have any stories you want to plug. Absolutely. Richmond.com and uh, Michael PRTD on Twitter. Um, and, uh, yeah, it should be uh, – should be a fun week. I, I would imagine I'll have my 53 projection next week. Want to, you know, take my final notes and uh, it'll be uh, time to turn our attention to important matters. There you go. Thanks a lot, Michael. Appreciate it. Take care. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Michael for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I know you have choices and I appreciate the fact that you chose this show. Thank you very much. I'll be back after the Commanders' second preseason game against the Chiefs. Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Commanders, and I will wrap up what we saw in that preseason game. We're going to have that episode out for you Sunday morning. Talk to you next time.